you're blessed as well. Um, I, it says Hosanna up there. This is the pop quiz of the day. Um, I've done a pop quiz before, and uh, got to say I was pretty disappointed with your performance. Um, it was really discouraging, you know, for for someone like myself to. But I'm going to give you another chance. Um, and the the chance is uh, if if you can can tell me uh, what what Hosanna is. It's it's Aramaic, which is the language of Jesus, and it's a uh, it's it's a it's a transliteration of something in Hebrew. And I, I wondered if you know what it means. This is just wow, Pat, Pat. I all I've got is half a cup of, of coffee, and I don't think you want that. Okay, all right. Well, that's right. Save us exactly. Um. We uh, just just point of fact. So we're talking about the triumphal entry today, um, and uh, as as you may know, the, the the people are screaming out Hosanna, Hosanna as Jesus comes in. And what they're saying is they're saying, "Save us, save us." And we'll talk a little bit about that today. Um, can I have the the title? I'm Neil is great at titles. Neil is fantastic at titles. I am mediocre at best, but th- today I feel like I got a good one. So I hope. The triumphal entry, dot, 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 and the anticlimactic arrival. Yeah, all right, awesome, great. Um, and uh, so, so be thinking about that. That'll be in the back of your minds as we're going through this. Um, and before I, uh, I, I, I want to jump into the story, another thing I learned from my father, who's a junior high school teacher, he, um, he's a history teacher, and he is a great believer in... in um, having different kinds of learning going on. So it's not just talking, but it's also like visual learning and, and, and listening and, and hands-on if you can do that. And so today I've, I've got some visual aids to sort of set the stage for where we are in the story. So if I could have the, the first picture, that's the next one. Uh, the, oh, you want to read the... Yeah, the picture. I, I'm sorry, I'm going to put that out of order. Yeah, Okay. What we're going to be is we're going to be with Jesus, and we're going to be on top of this mountain. It's called the Mount of Olives. It's just to the east of Jerusalem. And Jesus, imagine, imagine Jesus is standing right where this, this picture is taken. All right? This is about, it's a little bit uh, hard to see, but this is about a, maybe a quarter, half, three quarters of a mile, something like that, from Jerusalem. This is where Jesus has set up camp. Okay? And if you can see at the very top of the picture, that, that big gold dome, Okay, that's the Dome of the Rock in Israel right now, in Jerusalem. It's a, it's, a, it's a mosque, but it's built right where the temple was. So I want you to imagine Jesus is standing there with his disciples, and he's looking out across this, this small valley, um, and he's seeing, he's seeing the temple. And what the temple looks like in, 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 Herod's, in Jesus' day is the next one. It's like this. This is what it looks like. This is a uh, model that they have that you can, can check out. But this is what Jesus would have been seeing. So Jesus is, is standing out, and just in the distance... He sees this, this temple raised up over everything else in the city, and literally the gate of the temple called, um, called the Beautiful Gate is facing him, and he's looking straight at it. Okay? Um, to give you a sense of what uh, Jerusalem looks like at this time, uh, the next one we have a little map here. Um, we're on the, the far east of the map. In fact, we're probably a little bit off the map on the east. And that little square, that, or, uh, that orange square, is, is the temple, kind of facing east, right at the eastern side of, of Jerusalem. So that's where we are. All right. There. So now you've learned with your eyes and not just with your ears. Awesome. Great. Man, I'm on fire today. Okay. Um, let's, uh, let's read the story together. How about that? 
This is uh, Mark 11, 1 to 11. I'm reading out of the uh, of today's New International Version. Um, you have the, uh, the New King James in your pews if you want to follow up here. It's my version. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you. That's uh, going to be Bethany. And just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it back here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord or the Master or the Rabbi needs it and will send it back here shortly. They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, what are you doing untying that colt? They answered as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna, save us! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father, David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple courts. He looked around at everything. But since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Alright. I want you to take back 200 years before Jesus. It is the time of Judas Maccabee, who, if you don't know who that is, he's a revolutionary warrior. Israel has been taken over by this guy named Antiochus Epiphanes, and he's done terrible things. He's destroyed the land. He's uh, uh, turned the temple into what's called a desolation of abominations. He's ceased all sacrifice. Jerusalem, Israel, is in the worst shape it's been since the exile to Babylon. And this one man, Judas, gathers up his family and says, we will tolerate this no more, and leads a massive campaign, routing Antiochus Epiphanes and his forces, sending them out of the lands, moving into the temple reclaiming it, tearing down the old altar, building up a new one, and bringing Israel back to her God. And when he's done with this, Judas Maccabee and his brothers go to the Mount of Olives, and they stand on the hill, and they look down at the newly cleansed temple, and they begin walking towards it. A triumphal procession. And people, his followers, and all the residents of Jerusalem come and they gather and, and they, they, have, they have palm branches that they've cut from the fields and they, have, they cut wheat and they tie it into, into little bundles and they wave it and they say, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. And when Judas Maccabee enters the temple, the priest there, his brother Simon, proclaims him the true ruler and king over Israel. God's appointed one. Judas Maccabee, the conquering general. A triumphal entry. A majestic arrival. Two hundred years later, the land has again been overthrown by an enemy. But this time, the enemy is not someone who can be fought flesh, with swords, with spears, and with shields. This time the enemy is someone spiritual. 
the accuser, the deceiver, Satan. In the 200 years since Judas, Satan himself has unleashed his forces and taken over Israel. Bound her up. Tortured her, conquered her, and left her crying out for deliverance. And in the north of the country, in a rural village, the man Jesus begins fighting Satan, begins taking him head on. And at every point where Satan rules, Jesus says, you do not rule. I rule. And I come in the power of the Holy Spirit. Whenever a demon faces Jesus, he casts the demon aside and reclaims the victim, bringing them into Israel society. When there is illness, when there is sickness, Jesus casts it aside and says, you will not impair my people any longer. Jesus mounts a full-on campaign against the kingdom of darkness and wins again and again and again. And just like Judas Maccabee before him, he stands at the Mount of Olives, ready for his coronation. Ready to be received as the conquering general, the true king, the one appointed by God, the Messiah, the Christ. Jesus hasn't simply been waging a war against the devil. As he's been doing it, he has been fulfilling in his actions, in his actions of liberation and justice and peacemaking, he has been enacting Israel's mission. The mission God sent Israel to this world to have to the rest of the world. Jesus has been doing it in himself. And now his followers recognize who he is. They understand. And the word is spreading far and wide. Out throughout the countryside, everyone is saying, Jesus is the one, the Messiah, the King. But these people are hicks and rubes. They're not urban insiders. But they have seen with their own eyes the way that Jesus wins. The way that Jesus takes back what Satan had bound. And so, as Jesus is standing there looking at the temple, his top aides, two disciples, are standing behind him. And like a general, he gives them his first orders. Let's do this right, fellas. Let's pop in circumstance. Come on. Going to need a, need a young colt. Um, preferably a special one, maybe not yet ridden. And his aides are saying there, good call, sir. We like that. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, so I want you to go find one. If anyone asks, just tell them the master needs it. Sir, we got it. So they head into Bethany, the village. They find the first colt they, they see. And, and some people say, well... Uh, did you not read the Ten Commandments? Uh, something in there about theft, I'm certain. And the, the two lieutenants look at him, and they say, the master needs it. The Lord requires it. And this person in Beth- Bethany hears. And when this person hears master, Lord, realizes what's going on. Wait, are you... Are you talking about Jesus, son of Joseph? The one from Nazareth we've heard so much about? Take it. Go. And these people begin to spread the news. Jesus is in a camp on the Mount of Olives near Bethany. 
Around him, they're, they're getting ready for Passover, the, the biggest of Israel's celebrations. Crowds are gathering in. Others are camped around. And they see these, these strangers from the north in, in, in Galilean garb. Unusual, even at this time. And they think, could it be? And then they hear the whispers. The king is here. Jesus, son of Joseph, the one from Nazareth. He's here. And word begins to spread. And when they see Jesus mount up on this young colt, they think back to the prophecies of Zechariah and Zechariah 9. The same prophecies that Judas Maccabee had believed he had been fulfilling 200 years before, that the king will ride in on a colt. And the excitement is palpable. It's so thick. They're just waiting for it to break, and he begins the slow march in. The conquering general, the triumphant king. The word has spread. The, the disciples, his lieutenants, are with him. Others gather, and they, they gather on, on both sides of the road. And quoting Psalm 118, which, um, which Debbie read for us during the worship today, they begin shouting, Save us! And they say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is an Aramaic phrase. It really means welcome. They're, they're, they're laying out the sheets. Come, king. Welcome, king. We welcome you in the name of Yahweh. On one side they say that, and then on the other side they respond. Welcome is the coming kingdom of our father David. Finally the kingdom is here. No longer the oppression of Satan. No longer the oppression of the Roman government. Come, welcome, king. We cry out, save us to the highest level of heaven. And the march moves forward. More and more people gather. As, as the cries resound, they even begin to, to, uh, to overcome the din and the tumult, the cacophony arising out of Jerusalem. Even the people in Jerusalem, the, those on the walls begin to hear, begin to get excited. And then the moment the proclamation of the king. He steps, Jesus steps into the temple courts with his lieutenants behind him and the people shouting, save us. And nothing happens. The shouts, Hosanna, Hosanna, but, but they're drowned out by what's going on in the temple which is a lot of business. Animals are being sold for sacrifice. The poor are being ripped off by the rich. Soon, the, the, the hawking of wares is so loud that the people give up. Hosanna. Hosanna. And Jesus looks around and over there in the corner, he sees one of the religious scholars who challenged him in the north. And the religious scholar is, is selling something or arguing some point of theology, and, and he makes eye contact with Jesus and, a little bit embarrassed, looks away. And there, seated in golden chairs, are the high priests. They see the rabbi from Galilee. They recognize his clothes. They know it's Jesus, but... Well, Maybe he has something good to say, but he's going to have to wait till the morning. We can argue with him, but surely 
we're not going to proclaim him as the king. Another religious scholar looks and recognizes, oh, this is the Nazarene Jesus. I, I like some of what he's doing. I, I really do. It's, it's good. It's good stuff. This is Jerusalem. This is big league politics here. We, he's an idealist. He can't possibly understand what it takes to run this place. So he looks away and goes back to his business. And Jesus doesn't say anything. But maybe what he's thinking is, I gave you every opportunity. I gave you every opportunity. And you're missing it. So he turns around, sun's setting. They have to get ready for the Sabbath which is coming up, and Passover. And he heads back to the village of Bethany. His lieutenants, his disciples, are trailing behind him. And, and some of them are thinking, well, maybe tomorrow. We'll give it another run, and, and, and this time it'll work. And others are thinking, I, I have no idea. How could this have happened? And one may be thinking he's not the king after all. And I can't believe he duped me. And the whole way Jesus is thinking and probably praying to himself. They missed it. In uh, in 1 Corinthians, Paul says this. He says, Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, in Greek, that's a plural your. So it's, it, in English, it's spelled Y-O-U-R. But in the South, we pronounce it all y'alls. Okay? <laughs> got to work in a joke at some point, right? All y'all's body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So I want, just, just go with me on this. Paul is, th- is saying that if you're looking for a temple, you know, the place where God dwells, look no further than all y'all's body. Look no further than your community of faith. And you will find it. Now, Paul is using this for other reasons. They're committing some horrible acts, and Paul's trying to stop this because he's saying, you've got to understand. This is the temple. This is the holiest place on earth right here. This is where God dwells. The Spirit of Christ is present right here. It is no different than the way Herod's temple used to be. It is the place where God is and God resides. So go with, go with that for just a second. And I want you to imagine 
The Spirit of Christ. Out over at Capo High School. The Spirit of Christ is over there facing us. And the Spirit of Christ begins moving here. And surrounding the Spirit of Christ are those who have been forgotten, those who have been left behind, those who are hurting. And they're crying out to the Spirit, saying, Save us. Save us. Blessed is He. Welcome, Spirit of Christ. Welcome. I want you to imagine the Spirit of Christ comes in and, and moves right up this aisle with a, with a throng of people crying out, Save us. Save us. And I want you to ask with me, what's our response to that? Because I think it is very possible for even Christians to miss it. It's possible even for us to be so consumed with other things that when the Spirit of Christ declares to us God's will and the reign of the one King released to the captives, joy and peace, forgiveness and reconciliation, it's possible for us to miss it. It's possible for us to, to be doing our thing and to, to see it and to make eye contact for just a second and then look away, embarrassed. It's easy for us to say, oh, well, I'm, I'm sure that you've got some good arguments and maybe we can hear them, but can we do it in the morning? And either way, I'm not about to call you king right now. It's easy for us to miss the opportunity to hail the risen Lord as king and to kneel before his will for us as a people. When the Spirit of Christ enters this building and is present in this body, is it a triumphal entry or is it an anticlimactic arrival? I spoke with Neil um, for quite a bit about this. And I, I, gave him my, I gave him my heart. And my heart on this is that one thing, the, one thing we're not doing is missing it. I am pleased to report that Neil and I, in, in, in prayer and in meditating on, on, this, on this passage and, and the idea of the Spirit of Christ dwelling here and being present to this body, we're not missing it. In fact, I think what's happened in the last year or so is that the Spirit of Christ has been broadcasting signals to us. And I feel like instead of looking at them and then looking away, We've been looking at him and saying, Yes, Lord. Welcome. Welcome. And I ran it by Neil and he seemed to agree. I really believe that right now, in the last year or so, this church has been called out by the Spirit of Christ to care for kids. Now maybe that seems like really specific. But I really believe that if you look at what our church does, the places our church is involved, the hearts of the people in our church, you're going to find time and again 
that one thing we care about is kids. And I believe that the Spirit of Christ has planted a flag in this church, in this body, asking us to look out for the ones that the rest of Orange County steps on and steps over. We have volunteers at Camp Allendale that care for Orange County's neglected and abused children. We have a vibrant, explosive Awana program that reaches out to kids, not just in our church, but all around our area. Our VBS this year blew up. The Gibsons are looking to adopt children from Haiti. They're looking to start an orphanage in Haiti. We're supporting Pastor Teo and Ensenada to build an orphanage for Mexican kids and to teach them about the Lord Jesus. We have a youth group where I know that the leaders certainly think of these kids as their own. We have families with young children who are committed to bringing them up in the, in the way of the Lord, to protect them and to shelter them and to move them forward to change the world. I believe that the Spirit of Christ is present here. And the Spirit of Christ has said to us, the kids, don't forget the kids. And I believe we are responding. And I believe there are going to be more and more opportunities for us to respond again and again in faith and to see what God does through it. There is a triumphal entry happening in this church right now. And if you don't feel like you're on board with it, come in. Welcome. Blessed is he or she who comes in the name of the Lord to this thing that we are doing. Plug time. Faith in Action Sunday is coming up in November. Apparently I'm responsible for it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a touch and go thing at this point. Uh, there's going to be opportunities for you to serve kids. There's going to be opportunities for you to serve people who are serving kids, either directly or indirectly. One of the big ones that I'm, I'm excited about is we're going to put together a, a trip down to Haiti. Five days with the Gibsons in the orphanage, and we're going to see some horrible things, and we're going to see some amazing things. We've got a team going up at the Camp Allendale to prepare that camp for their winter camps where they follow up on the kids that they've loved over the summer. We're helping out at Kathy's house, which is a women's shelter, and a lot of those women have kids. There's going to be plenty of opportunities for you to get involved. We've got Awana signups. I encourage you, get involved. triumphal entry. A triumphal entry. And Orange County will shake and it will quiver and it will tremble when it sees what happens when people see the Spirit of Christ and instead of looking away, welcome it in and say, the kingdom is what we want. The kingdom is what we want. And the rest of it, as the song says, will count as loss. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, 
Thank you for sending the Spirit of Christ to this church. Thank you for holding up signs. Thank you for giving us eyes to see and ears to hear, hearts open to participate in the way that you are redeeming the world. Father, as a community of people, we call out to you, welcome, welcoming you. Welcoming you and your kingdom, your spirit, into our presence, that we may respond in life and in power, in hope, in joy and in peace. We praise you, God. Because you are a God of triumphal entries. Amen.